before I can even get the rangefinder up to my eye, suddenly the, the elk that was about three elk back from the front, this bull comes running, like screaming up past all the others, uh, just tears off. Like clearly he just encountered something and I know he was coming right from where Zach was heading. So I like did did Zach shoot? I'm looking for blood. I'm, I'm looking to see if maybe he's limping um, just to like clearly this elk just ran into Zach and I'm wondering if something awesome happened uh, or if he's wounded and I have the opportunity to put another arrow in him just to make sure we, we get him down. Welcome to Hunting Stories, brought to you by Late to the Game Outdoors. Everyone loves a good story and hunters have some of the best. Our whole mission is to collect and share great stories from hunters just like you to entertain and keep you motivated all year long. So pull up a seat around the campfire, cause here we go. Well, hey there. I've missed you. It's been far too long, and that's 100% on me. Uh, here's the deal. This is the first podcast of what I'm calling season two, because uh, I've been gone long enough. It's time to officially call it a new season. Um, and man, this this is the story that we'll, we'll get to is what ended up being the disaster of my 2021 archery elk season. Uh, and there's a whole lot of backstory that goes into that. So there is hunting stuff. There is elk action. There are lots of close calls with bulls, uh, but it's surrounded by this other more real life narrative that some of you will identify with, uh, where just everything else in life absolutely gets in the way of hunting. And, uh, and I think it's important to share cause there's, there's a lot of us who just, try to balance our uh, our responsibilities and our passions. Uh, I don't think a perfect balance of those two is even remotely possible. I just think kind of life goes through seasons and, uh, and you cheat one or the other at any given point in your life. So not to get too philosophical, but here was the, here was the intention of my uh, 2021 elk season. Here's what it was supposed to be. I finally drew this tag that I had four years before in, in 2017, it kind of everything happened all at the same time. And I, I launched late to the game outdoors, uh, like two months before I went on this hunt. And so just decided like, Hey, I'm going elk hunting. I want to make films. I want to produce content. And so I just pulled together some basic camera gear. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to film this hunt because why not? Uh, and just a whole lot of firsts happened. It was my first archery kill ever. Uh, it was my first bull elk, uh, my first any elk. I hadn't killed a cow. Um, it, it was my first film. It, it just, all of it kind of coalesced, uh, in this beautiful September of 2017 and sort of just launched this, this project that, uh, Honestly, there were some times where I wasn't sure it was going to keep going. So the fact that we're still here uh, and it's still growing and life is still moving along uh, is pretty amazing, pretty humbling to me. Anyway, this tag that I had is a special tag to me because it's the first entry I ever had into hunting was this unit. It was a cow elk tag that my future father-in-law gifted me. I've told this story before. Uh, you could find it back in the archives of the podcast, but... But my first experience with hunting and elk and everything of that nature started in this area. And then I had, uh, you know, life went on, grew a lot as a hunter. Uh, somehow I had the tag in 2016, came really close. There's a podcast on that as well. Then 2017 had the tag again. How I drew that two years in a row, I have no idea. It has never happened again. 
probably won't ever happen again. Uh, but then 2017 was the magical year where it all came together. So as I finally had this tag in my hand again, uh, and was a more experienced hunter, a more experienced filmmaker, uh, I was just prepared to make this just an epic adventure. Like this was, I knew I was going to be in elk. Uh, I know the area well, I know where they are. It wasn't a question of, will I get into bulls? It, it was a question of what kind of film am I going to put together? How long can I spend out there? Just, you know, the tags open for two weeks. I, I wanted to get as close to the full two weeks as I could. That was the plan in the spring when I drew this tag. Then, uh, decided to make some major life adjustments all at once. So uh, made a career change. Uh, I've been in the same field, the same kind of job for about 16 years since college. Uh, and then I, I've been at my last uh, place of employment for eight years, and it was finally time to go. Uh, it was just just time to set out on, on a new adventure, start a new chapter, time to kind of part ways with some, some things going on. That, I don't need to say more than that, but it was time. Uh, and so decided to just move into a more self-employed, entrepreneurial kind of world to support my family. Uh, it was exciting. It was scary. All those things that I'm sure some of you out there have made that leap and you remember the absolute terror. Uh, decided to do that in May. Uh, and as I was looking ahead to this hunt, I didn't quit my job to go on this hunt. But that was in the back of my mind. Like, oh, I'm definitely getting a full two weeks back there for this tag because I'm in charge of my schedule now. I can do whatever I want. Uh, then I made the classic newly self-employed mistake uh, and decided to say yes to everything. Every, every client, every offer, every project that came my way said, yeah, absolutely, I can squeeze that into the schedule. Not accurately planning, like, man, a lot of this stuff is going to come to a head like right in the middle of the fall, you know, the Super Bowl for hunters. Uh, and it did. So by the time September rolled around, I was knee deep in like three massive projects. And so with all of that going on, we also decided, my wife and I, that it would be a great time to move in September when elk season is. Uh, that, that is not when I wanted to move, but we had started talking about moving for a whole bunch of other reasons. We had different things we were looking for. Uh, it was a good opportunity to do it. And, and wouldn't you know that the house that had all the stuff that checked all of our boxes hit the market, we, we kind of made a quick decision to, to jump at it and, uh, you know, decided that we were going to move into this slightly outdated, needed some renovation kind of house. Uh, and we bought it at the beginning of September. And then there was this whole massive list of DIY stuff I had to do to get it ready for, you know, the flooring guys and the painter to come in and all the stuff that needed to happen before we could actually live in it. And it all had to happen within a few weeks before we closed on our old house. Just absolute adulting catastrophe. And so leading up to the elk, like I could just see my, my elk days dwindling between work projects. And now I'm a general contractor and I'm not really, but I was acting as one while I tried to fix this place up and just trying to juggle all of those different things. Uh, found myself with, I essentially carved out four days that I thought I could be out there in the elk woods during the first week of the hunt. Then I had to travel for work stuff for that weekend. And then I thought maybe, just maybe, I could come back from that trip and hit the last few days of the hunt where theoretically the rut should be ramping up and it'll be awesome. So it's not the full, hey, I spent two weeks up in the woods like I wanted, but it, it should at least be respectable. To do that, however, I had to get 
the new house to a place where the flooring guys could come in and do their work while I was gone hunting. And so that led to four or five days of just those massive, like I, I think 16 hour work days here at the house, just <laughs> framing stuff up and remodeling things and doing all the stuff that had to happen uh, and, and just grueling physical manual labor, not a lot of sleep. Uh, trying to, you know, stay up on email and do other stuff in between breaks, you know, while I'm stuffing a burger in my face, surrounded by destruction and construction, uh, all while just trying to make sure the wheels don't come off of all my new self-employed glory. Uh, it, it was exhausting. But finally got it to a decent place, uh, and I was able to get up for the, drove up late morning, decided, okay, I'd have an afternoon, and then I would have three days to hunt. And showed up for the afternoon. Now we'll finally get into the hunting stuff. Uh, and nothing happened at all. So I, I had scouted a couple times. I was testing a game camera for a company. Um, this was still 2021. So they were not illegal in Arizona yet. So you don't have to call anybody. It was perfectly fine. Uh, but in testing it, I put I found this just highway of an elk trail in the woods. Put the camera on it. Sure enough, a bunch of cows and calves were coming by pretty regularly. It being mid to late September, thought maybe some bulls will be there. So it it's late. I'm, I'm barely making it up to the elk woods in time to throw my pack on and hike in. So I'll just go to this spot, sit by this trail, see what happens, see if I hear any calls, if anything's going on. And I sat there all afternoon and all I heard were some tur turkeys roost uh, in a nearby tree. That was the extent of the action. So my brother-in-law had the same tag. Uh, so did my father-in-law, actually. Uh, and he killed a spike day one. It's a delicious, tasty spike. I'm glad he killed it because he shared some of the meat with us. Uh, so he basically <laughs> tagged out. They packed that thing out. And then he was just staying back at the cabin uh, waiting for any of us to call him and say, hey, we got one down. We need you to come help. Uh, that was the rest of his hunt. So my brother-in-law had been up there and we were planning to hunt together. So next morning we got up early. We hiked in from the same direction that I had gone because uh, he had been coming in from the south to this area that we want to hunt. I had come in from the north. Uh, he said, well, hey, you know, I've been doing the south for, you know, a whole bunch of days now. Let's let's try your way. Let's come in from the north. Uh, and as we hiked in in the dark, crossed this this big open area, got into the timber and uh, already at the pre-dawn hours, we can hear bulls screaming in every direction. And so we just kind of posted up under some trees right on the edge of the timber, waiting for enough light to come up that we could finally do something about it. Uh, and while we're sitting there in the dark, this cow comes racing through. I, I don't know if she winded us or what, like 20 yards away, came pounding through, almost ran us over. Uh, and we're just sitting there anxiously waiting for sunshine because we're surrounded by screaming bulls. Uh, it was amazing. I thought, this is, this is it. Good. I only have a few days to hunt. It seems like this is going to come together pretty quickly. So as the sun comes up, we, we can't see any of the elk and we're, we're just trying to pick a direction. Like they're screaming from three different directions. Let's just go towards this one. Uh, and so we, we headed off towards following this one bull that was screaming. In the process of that, we saw another hunter who was also had the same idea. So we just kind of flipped around and went a different direction to follow a different bull. Uh, chased bugles without really getting into range on anything uh, for a good hour or two that morning. Uh, then finally, about the late morning as they're starting to bed down, we were just kind of making our way towards where we knew the most elk activity was typically happening. 
And as we crept up, we, we caught this herd kind of feeding and meandering through some dark timber, looking for a place to bed down. So we had a great wind. We decided to like kind of pull back and sat behind this giant log, ate a snack while we just sort of watched them. They weren't heading anywhere. They were like one by one bedding down. So we just decided to let's just keep the wind. Let's eat a snack. Let's get our bearings and let's figure out a plan to get in on these things. And as we're sitting there waiting for that to happen, we hear all these other elk come charging in from our left. And so they come running in all the elk we had been watching stand up and follow them. And, you know, two minutes later, this different hunter just comes walking through. So he had busted some group of elk and they in turn busted our elk and that was over. Uh, so we kept making our way. And as we, we walked in on this area where there's this wallow that is pretty active, pretty stinky, good spot to, to hang out. And as we walked in on that, we chased out a really nice bull and he had a little raghorn running around with him, uh, just accidentally startled them and they ran out of that area. But it was lunchtime. We thought, hey, there's this wallow here. Let's let's kind of post up, sit down, uh, kind of two different approach avenues to this wallow. We just kind of each picked one, sat there, ate some lunch, took a nap, just just waited for the evening to happen. It was still pretty warm, so there wasn't a whole lot going on in the middle of the afternoon. And as as things finally started to cool off and uh, man, they they. They were talking, but we hadn't seen any rutting activity. And up to this point, my brother-in-law had been there for days. Uh, nothing was coming in that wanted to fight or, you know, that standard, let's scream on the bugle tube and, and get a bull all riled up so he charges in. That didn't seem like it was really working at this point. So so we just kind of sat there and as it cooled off, started throwing out a few cow calls and, and just looking around and waiting and seemed like, you know, something should be coming into this this wallow area, get some water, whatever. Uh, and sure enough, as, as we're sitting there, we hear the unmistakable sound of a bull busting out and charging off, uh, directly downwind from us. So all I can assume is that we were chirping on some cow calls. This, this bull heard it, decided to come in and investigate, but like a smart bull decided to circle us downwind, caught our scent, tore off. Uh, and that was about the end of the day. That was the last cool thing that happened that day. Hiked back, uh, you know, reset, made a plan for the next day. We decided to to flip things and let's let's come in from the south like we usually do, like my brother-in-law had been doing. Just keep mixing it up. There's kind of this area in the middle that has the most elk activity and it does, it's about the same distance from the north or the south, however you want to approach it and try to get in on them. So day three, we're, we're hiking out there as the sun is almost about to start coming up. We're hearing bugles already start to, to move in on them and, and chase them. And so as we, we just pick a bugle to, to chase, and as we start moving towards it, we finally get a glimpse of this, honestly, one of the biggest bulls I've ever seen in the wild. Uh, he had three or four cows with him, just extra kickers and stuff sticking off of him, just huge, massive, amazing bull. And he hadn't winded us. We had a great wind, hadn't really seen us, but just, just kind of knew something was up. And so was, was moving his cows away from us. Uh, not in any real hurry, but fast enough that we were never going to catch him. So by the time we saw that happening, we just decided, well, we're not going to catch him. We've got two or three other bulls screaming in different directions. Let's just head over and try to chase one of these others. So we, we turn, we start chasing them, uh, and, and we get to this spot where, where we can finally see, uh, we catch this kind of train of elk and there's, 
I don't know, four or five cows and two spikes. So no big bulls with them, uh, but they're coming our direction. And so we just kind of post up real quick right on, on the edge of this timber as they're coming by. I had cameras and stuff I was messing with. Uh, Zach, my brother-in-law, was bow in hand, was already ready. Uh, and he had been hunting so hard. I'm like, hey, man, like, I'll just, I'll sit here. I'll call out ranges to you. Uh, if you want to shoot one of these spikes, it's all yours. And so he sat there, arrow knocked, ready to go. First, uh, first spike had already gone by there wasn't a shot and, and so I'm, I'm ranging the cow that was right behind him she's right at 70 his max yardage uh this this should be perfect like theoretically they're just going to go in a line and when that spike who's bringing up the rear gets gets into that window just send the arrow unfortunately as as they come by and i'm calling out yardages the back of the line is starting to meander a little bit. And so a couple of cows before him and then that spike passed by at like farther, you know, 83, 84 yards. Uh, and that's not a shot he was going to take. Uh, not a shot I would take. That's I, I respect that. Uh, but sadly, they just kind of moseyed on and, and kept on going and, and no shot was presented at that point. But we could still hear other bulls screaming, like other bulls in the area. There was this other herd that was farther out down and kind of in the same timber where this group of cows and spikes was heading. Uh, and there was this other bull screaming off to our right. Are you a new hunter or even a guy with some miles under his boots who's still just trying to figure it out? I get it. I've been there. I'm an adult onset hunter who spent the last 15 years learning how to hunt. And so I wrote the book, How to Hunt, A Total Beginner's Guide to Hunting Big Game, as the resource I wish existed all those years ago when I first started. Whether you're planning to chase elk with your bow in the west, or you're hunting for whitetails back east, this book will take you from knowing absolutely nothing to your first harvest. It's packed with hunting stories and plenty of those times where I royally screwed up, you'll leave with a sound strategy for hunting big game and have plenty of laughs along the way. Grab a copy today at latetothegameoutdoors.com slash howtohuntbook. So we decided to split up. He's going to go chase the bulls we hear screaming off to the right, and I'm going to try to sneak my way across this little bit of clearing into this thick timber where, where all these other elk are getting ready to bed down, and, and the line of cows and spikes was just heading off to join them. And so we, we set about that adventure. Uh, and as I'm midway, kind of tree hopping across this clearing, uh, I look up and I see t from the direction my brother-in-law was just heading, here comes this bachelor group of bulls. And they're, I assume they're just moving in to join up with these others or, or check out the ladies, see what's going on. And the, there's four or five of them. Three of them are just really nice, like sixes and fives and a couple raghorns behind them. I would have shot any single one of them. Uh, they're coming in at an angle kind of across my path. And so I am next to this tree trying to cross to get to these other elk. And so I just try to set up and, and see what's going on. And, and here's what I see. And then I will tell you what happened that I didn't see, but my brother-in-law was, was a part of it. So these elk are moving in. And as I step to the side of this tree, to I have an arrow knocked already. I'm getting my rangefinder ready to, to start seeing, okay, when, when are they going to be within range and, and how can I get a shot before I can even get the rangefinder up to my eye? Suddenly the, the elk that was about three elk back from the front, this bull comes running, like screaming up past all the others, uh, just tears off. Like clearly he just encountered something and I know he was coming right from where Zach was heading. So I like did did Zach shoot? I'm looking for blood. I'm, I'm looking to see if maybe he's limping. Um, just to like clearly 
this elk just ran into Zach and I'm wondering if something awesome happened uh, or if he's wounded and I have the opportunity to put another arrow in him just to make sure we, we get him down. Obviously, if an elk comes running and screaming past all of his buddies, they get a little bit on high alert. And so all these elk just kind of follow suit and go running after him, never giving me a shot. Um, I even because I'm sure Zach had something to do with this elk being scared out of there. Uh, I even tried to just hurry up, you know, stopped sneaking really, but just kind of tried to run after the direction they were going so that I could keep eyes on him and see if maybe he was going to start struggling or if there were indications that he was wounded. And there were none. They just that whole bachelor herd ran out. They took the other group with them. They didn't all run together, but they spooked out the group I was initially moving in on. And that bachelor group just took off never to be seen. So finally, like with that over, uh, I go back towards where I know Zach was headed just to post up and see what was going on. And evidently what scared him is, is Zach was making his way to, to chase the bugling he heard. He saw them coming in and so set himself up and, and was not trying to be behind a tree, but it's just the way that it, it worked out because everything happened so fast. He w- there was this little pine tree between him and these bulls. And this one bull who was, you know, third in line had kind of meandered off a little bit and was was face it was seven or eight yards from Zach just on the other side of this little pine tree and kind of stopped and looked and was trying like wasn't sure if he saw something or what was going on. And Zach is completely obstructed by this tree has no shot whatsoever but knows that if as long as this elk doesn't wind him, it's just going to, you know, keep on moving. And as soon as it gets to the side of this tree, he'll be able to do something. But he's so close. He's like, man, no, no matter what direction the wind's going, surely he's going to get a whiff of something. And so what he thinks in the moment is, OK, if I can draw and then take one step to the right, I can get a, a clean, super close frontal shot just right there. I mean, he's just right there. He's facing me seven yards away and so he goes to draw his bow and out of the corner of his his eye he sees his own shadow on the floor the floor we're in the forest on the ground uh, sees his shadow draw his bow and the bull sees it as well and so he he knows like this is this is over but takes a step to the side just to see what was happening and as he takes the step he sees the elk see him and the elk starts to whirl and it like all in split second, he releases this arrow right as the elk starts to whirl. And in some sort of like Neo Matrix move of some sort, the elk completely dodges the arrow. It just sails off, lands in the ground, and this thing takes off, thus spooking all the other bulls. And they come running by me, you know, a couple hundred yards down the other way. So close, yet so nothing. Um, so both a little frustrated and... uh just, I mean, not dejected. We're in the middle of elk. We, we have too many bugles to chase. It's a good problem to have. Uh, but we decided to kind of part ways uh, just just to maximize our chances. He had kind of a drainage. He wanted to go cruise along and see what was happening. I had just a spot I wanted to go to. And it's getting to that same late morning time. Like, let's just kind of move in, see if we can find something bedded down. And so I had the, I had the direction, the general direction that that bachelor group took off towards. And I find as, as I'm moving up into this, I can see on the map these little pockets of darker timber. And so I approach the edge of one of these pockets and I just kind of post up next to a tree. I move real slow, get out my glass and start to scan and just 
magically I pick out uh, the, the head of a bull who's bedded down, just, you know, rack turning in the timber. And there he is. And he's 150 yards from me, bedded down. Uh, I'm next to this little pocket of a couple of trees. And there's this, again, an open meadow of 20 or 30 yards. And then the pocket of timber that he's in. I decide to hold back. I tend to rush things to try to make things happen. And I'm trying this new thing where I'm just going to like post up and wait. I have a great wind. And so I'm just going to watch them. Uh, and as I try, I'm looking at the map and knowing where they tend to go. I think there's, okay, I know this is the bachelor group. Cause as I sit there and as I scan, I pick up another couple of bowls who are moving around and bedding and changing beds all in there. Uh, and they're all nice fives and sixes and just the direction they, I was like, there's no way this isn't the bachelor group that just ran out of here. And so now I'm debating with myself when they get up, are they going to come my direction or are they going to get up and keep moving the direction they were already heading? And so I sit there debating that for probably 45 minutes, just great wind, just watching them eat some food, lean up against this tree, uh, just keep posting up the first elk I had seen, uh, that I was kind of targeting. He got up at one point, you know, walked a few steps, rebedded, like they're just in this pocket of timber. And the more I sit there and the more I debate and I was trying to convince myself to just wait it out. I, I didn't, again, calls had not been doing much. I didn't think that if I started blowing on a call, they were going to suddenly get up and come my direction. And again, there's, you know, this 30 yard clearing in front of me where if they did, they would get to the end of that. There's no way they're crossing that. I'm not going to get a, a great solid shot on them. Uh, and so ultimately I talk myself into trying to sneak in on them. Like if I can, you know, kind of work my way around, keep a good wind. I've got this other, if I can get drop back and then get into this other adjacent pocket of timber, I can use that to creep on up and get within range. Uh, and if I'm at within range and I can see them all bedded, then I can make a plan from when I get from there. Of course I did what I always do, which is not move slowly enough. So I, I feel like I'm creeping along and I'm using cover well and the next thing I know, I'm 100 yards from them and I see, I'm starting to see them tear out of the timber because uh, they, I, I kept the wind the whole time. They just saw me sneaking on in there. Uh, maybe I should have crawled. I definitely should have watched my steps much closer, taken more time. I had all the time in the world and just the intensity of the moment. I, I just move faster than I should because I want to get in there and, and get this done. And so after they bolted, that is when the wheels kind of came off. So I, I have been on some grinder hunts and this was not even that this, <laughs> this was a great country. I'm in elk all the time. Uh, it, I've been, you know, at this point I've been in that like hundred to 120 range of quality bulls three or four times. Uh, but things just started to take a turn mentally, physically. I wasn't feeling that great that morning as we were hiking out. I was kind of having like, I don't know if you'd call it vertigo or whatever, but as we're just hiking by headlamp, I'm feeling kind of dizzy and disoriented. Um, I think ultimately what was happening is I had just come off of those four or five days of just grueling labor for 16 hours a day. And then now I'm up in the elk woods and I'm getting five hours of sleep or less a night. And it, it's just, it, it, my body was finally giving out. And so I'm trying to hike back and I had this plan to sit. Like I'm just going to sit, you know, there's, there's a couple of tanks I know pretty well. I'm just going to sit on one of these tanks for the evening and try to take it easy. And it took me 
a shocking amount of time to find the tank. Like my map, I was flipping between two different map apps and, you know, like they would direct me and say, yeah, it's right over here that I know where this tank is. I've been here a hundred times. It's pointing me this direction. I would walk that direction. And then suddenly I'm like, this doesn't look familiar. This isn't it. And I would pull out the map and now it would say, oh no, it's over to the left. Like it was as if I was circling this tank without ever being able to actually get on it, which was just kind of weird and alarming for me because I spend plenty of time in the wilderness. I know how to navigate maps. I know this particular chunk of woods really well. And I just like couldn't figure it out. Like I was still kind of disoriented and uh, just exhausted and not feeling well and, you know, kind of a raging headache and feeling kind of sick. And in the midst of all of that, I am thinking of the thousands of other things that are still waiting for me back at home. Like I'm thinking of, oh, I've got this project and, and this work and, oh, did I email that guy back? And what do I have? Like... All this stuff is just swirling around in my head and I'm not feeling well. I finally find this tank and as I approach it, I look up and see there's already a hunter sitting there. So well, that's not, that's not going to work out. So I back out of there, just sit up against a tree, try to figure out what's going on uh, and, and ultimately decided, like I, I play this game with myself, like, okay, what would, what would actually make you feel at peace? Like what decision? Like I could just get out of here. Like I could hike back. I could drive home. I could, I had one more day left before I had to be home anyway, but man, I'm not feeling so great. Maybe I should just, just go home, get some rest, get some work done, uh, feel better about where things are at. And then maybe I can still come back the next week and ultimately just decided as I weighed the two options, like, okay, stay and hunt tomorrow or go home and do some of this stuff that's stressing you out and weighing you down right now. I felt much more at ease about going home and getting some stuff done. So that's what I decided to do. And, uh, Zach was understanding everyone gets it, uh, again, just not even physically, like I didn't have it in me anymore. I just, I needed some actual rest cause I had just been burning the candle at all ends, uh, came home, got some work done, went on that trip I had to go on. And then ultimately as we came back, I think even while I was on that, that work trip, a couple other things hit that were like, Oh shoot, I got that just came up. I've got to get that done. Got to do this. Uh, house stuff was still going on. There were some schedule things with different contractors and, and projects that needed to be done and uh, expedited closing on our other place. Just, just like a thousand other things happened where it became real clear before I even got into that second week of the hunt. I was like, "There's, I'm not getting back up there. It's not going to happen. I, I just spent two and a half days uh, on this tag and that's all I'm going to get. And uh, that was disappointing for sure. Uh, again, cause the two and a half days I had were pretty action packed. And so it's one of those like, man, if I had been able to be there a little bit longer or be there later in the season when they're actually starting to kind of chase and fight and, uh, maybe be a bit more responsive to calls, things could have been wildly different. I had all that planned, uh, and it just wasn't possible because of life stuff. Um, and so as I came back and just licked my wounds. Uh, there were other things that were supposed to happen that fall, uh, that I just also had to accept weren't going to happen. Uh, I was supposed to go with my buddy Josh on a, a fall bear hunt in October, uh, some back country, and then maybe moving on to like a truck camp and, uh, ultimately realized like, I, I can't go, like, I can't spare any of that time. I have too, too many projects going on and I felt terrible, but had to bail on him on that. And of course, when I, while I wasn't there, uh, and he was off, doing that hunt I was supposed to be on, he killed a possible uh, state record bear. They're still uh, still working on the measurements, but it is just a massive bear. 
Uh, and sadly, I wasn't able to be there to be a part of it or to see it. Um, I'll get him on here to tell the story, though, because uh, it's it's an incredible hunt. A lot of crazy things happened on that one. Um, so aside from uh, bailing on that bear hunt, kind of the rest of the 2021 hunting season also fell apart. Uh, there, I didn't have any rifle tags in my family for November deer around here. Uh, December over-the-counter archery deer is is a favorite hunt of mine. If I haven't filled my, my tag yet, I love getting out into the backcountry for a few days, at least kind of in and around the holidays. And that was not possible either, just because I had these projects that were all come and do kind of by the end of the year. Uh, and so valuable life lessons learned that maybe I can share to you if there's anything, anything to be learned from my tale of woe. Um, First, never move in the middle of elk season. It's a terrible idea. I will never do it again. Uh, I don't care how good the opportunity is or how perfect the house seems for what you're looking for. It's not worth it. It'll destroy your elk season. Don't do it. More than that, I think I, I learned some really valuable lessons about working for yourself, about chasing a dream. I, I've dreamed for years now about walking away from the nine to five grind uh, and kind of being my own boss, all that all that entrepreneurial, self-employed stuff that it seems like everybody, I don't want to say everybody, but it's speaking in broad strokes. A ton of people want that lifestyle. And it is great. Don't get me wrong. I have been remarkably blessed. I love my life. Uh, I love this new season that we're in. I, I am sitting right now in my office where I record this. And my wife also works from home. And we just have two desks in this office. And we get to be at home together all day, every day. And I have a really awesome wife. And we get along really well. And I, I get to be here every day. I get to drop my kids off at school. I pick them up from school most days. Like I just get to be around and involved in the midst of still getting my work done. Um, it's incredible. But I also learned that you, the only one who's going to protect your time is you. And so th there's some valuable lessons. I can't fault myself for being freshly out of a stable job and a steady paycheck and kind of panicking and just taking on anything that was there because you would just think, well, if I say no to this, what happens if I run out of money and, you know, I'm going to feel stupid for passing on this job. Uh, and so for me, it's been just a, an exercise in, in trust in knowing that that God's going to provide and that we are going to be taken care of because we always are. Um, and so... All of that to say, as we start this season two of the podcast, and I have a whole bunch of stories lined up um, that I still I haven't even taken the time to record and talk about my own stories. I have a massive backlog in my inbox uh, of other people with great stories to share that I just need to set up the recording and and we do it and I get it out there. So there is a ton of content coming. Uh, my my 2022 hunting calendar. There are already things in the books. Uh, that I can't wait to go on new new adventures that I'll obviously bring to the podcast. And so just to, to tease a little bit of what's on the horizon for late to the game uh, in 2022, I am uh, as this releases, I'm sitting in the Arizona desert chasing coups with a, a few buddies and my bow. Um, it's going to be amazing from from I haven't been to this spot, but from what I hear, my friends that have been to this spot, it's just overrun with deer. They're just everywhere. It should be an action-packed hunt. Also going to be a freezing cold backcountry hunt. 
I am currently sitting on two Idaho spring bear tags, and we are going deep into some of the nastiest, most bear-infested backcountry I've ever been to. Can't wait for that. Um, I'm piecing together. I'm waiting for some draw odds because I am this close. You can't see. This is an audio format, but my fingers are almost touching. This close to drawing a Kaibab archery tag up in northern Arizona to go chase just some of those legendary giant muleys that are up there. I've been storing up points for that hunt for a number of years now. Uh, and depending on how that goes, I'm also sketching out some plans for a two-state uh, antelope into elk hunting, like big old multi, you know, couple of week road trip to, to try to do both of those in, in one massive adventure. So that is what is on deck right now. And in, in and amongst that, you know, things are scattered around. My, my son is probably going to draw a youth cow elk tag here in Arizona. Finally get to go do that meaningful father son uh, experience. Just a lot going on. So I say all that to say, if you are a, a faithful listener and you've been wondering where in the world I am, now you know where I've been. And, uh, and I truly am sorry. I love doing this podcast. I love getting stories out there because I know how much just continually hearing hunting stories fires me up as a hunter. So I love being able to do that for you guys. Uh, and I am sorry. But we're back. Uh, <laughs> projects are checked off and done and, and in the rearview mirror. And I am hitting 2022 just ready to go, committed to consistent, regular, awesome content. So there is more to come. It's good to be back. Thank you for your patience. And uh, can't wait to see what 2022 brings for for you, for me, for all of us hunters as we just embark on, on new and hopefully incredibly exciting adventures. That's it for now. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hunting Stories. And if you want to stay up on what we're doing with the podcast or anything else going on with Late to the Game, go ahead and check us out at latetothegameoutdoors.com or give us a follow on Instagram at latetothegameoutdoors. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.